Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 27 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of December 21st, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us and happy holidays to everyone. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications for ERS and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Feeling very festive today, and uh, this is a great week. Uh, a lot of anticipation of uh, just uh, trying to honor some traditions, uh, maybe in new and different ways. So I'm just uh, excited to uh, get together one more time with you and our guests uh, before we finish up this year. That's right. And the Linkage podcast, just as a reminder for everyone, is dedicated to educating our audience about the issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and staff members. Kristen, you want to tell us about our uh, upcoming episode? It's, it's a big one. This is kind of an epic episode to uh, end our year. It is epic. Um, yeah, <laughs> joining us uh, for this episode, uh, we uh, talked a little bit about how we wanted to end the year, and we thought it might be uh, a nice idea to, to kind of bookend our, our podcast uh, by kind of ending where we began the year. So uh, yeah. I revisited my conversation with the Reverend David Lowry, who's uh, one of our residents at Marjorie P. Lee. Uh -huh. And Brian, you uh, got to uh, check in with Pat Donaldson, who is a resident at Dupree House. And yeah. then uh, joining us also is uh, not only our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, uh -huh. uh, who will uh, give us an update this week, but also, uh, Brian, also you had the pleasure of um, having a conversation with our outgoing board chair, Joanne Hagopian. And uh, she is um, a talented and uh, generous leader um, who's really helped our organization uh, through just not only some some interesting transitions, but this uh, unprecedented year. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I can't wait to hear that interview, Brian. Absolutely. Well, with that said, do you want to introduce your uh, first guest that you yes. interviewed? So the, the Reverend David Lowry, he uh, lives at Marjorie P. Lee. And uh, we talked together in our very first episode before we really even knew what this podcast was going to be. Um, we both revisited our, our conversation and uh, checked in together this week. And uh, everyone, please welcome back David Lowry. David, welcome to Linkage Podcast, or I should say, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so thankful that you uh, agreed to uh, help us end the year by uh, reflecting back with me um, to when we first started the show, and uh, I'm just glad to connect with you again today. Yeah, wasn't it uh, April that we uh, first talked uh Hard to believe, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, it's been going on for that many months. Um, some days it seems like it's just all running together, so kind of nice that we've got the holidays and the end of the year to give us some mile, mile markers on this uh, marathon journey that we're on. Yeah, I remember uh, when we talked back in the spring, um, of course, this experience was new, and uh, I remember 
saying, oh, I, well, I, I'm fine. Uh, my spirits are good, and uh, I'm well protected and cared for here. And uh, uh, I'm I'm just going to ride this out as long as it takes. You know, that now... <laughs> These months later, that sounds for. a little that that sounds a little cocky. I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's still true. Uh, you know, right. uh, I'm feeling good and and I'm protected and well cared for uh, and in good spirits. But um, nine months later, uh, approximately, um, and probably another six months to go, like this before uh, summer. Right. Um, well, okay. It turned out to be a longer haul than I was expecting. I, I, I admit to that. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if there was just a lot of optimism about uh, people complying with the the safety recommendations. Um, obviously, that's been a, a roller coaster. Um, but it certainly um, has. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've been doing. Um, is is a good bit of reading, um, a lot of different reading. I mean, everything from uh, uh, John Grisham's new book, uh, uh, Murder Mystery, and uh, David Susskind, who wrote uh, on A World Without Work, talking about how technology and artificial intelligence is changing uh, our future uh, right oh, in front wow. of us. But, but, I'm but writing that one, one that down. I, yeah, it's it's a good book. David Susskind. But the one that I really have spent a lot of time with is um, Ron Chernow's uh, excellent biography of George Washington. Chernow, mm-hmm. you know, wrote um, the Hamilton book yes. that uh, inspired the, the musical. Yes. Well, this is, this is a, a, a little 800-page uh, volume uh, about George <laughs> Washington. And he does not present Washington as a plaster saint on a pedestal. He he presents a very complex, uh, conflicted, ambitious man uh, with many qualities. But the one quality that struck out to me was what they call virtue. The old wow. classic Greek called virtue, which is defined as placing the common good above my personal desire. And what you just said triggered that for me because we have not had either our leaders or ourselves that virtue to think about the common good rather than uh, what I want to do or what would be better for me, you know? Right. And, and we, we really yearn for that for that quality of, uh, mm-hmm. of caring enough uh, to wear a mask, of caring mm-hmm. enough to think that maybe what I do is going to affect somebody else. And that, yes. that has been so missing in, in, uh, in our uh, uh, COVID year, I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, and I guess what has struck me being, you know, on the outside, but sort of living like, um, you know, in a room down the hall from you, um, is just that we're not really equipped. We have not equipped ourselves for virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, we're equipped to, you know, just keep doing what we want, wish, desire to do without really a 
too much of a deep thought about consequences for anybody else. I'm afraid that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other some other societies are more equipped for a for a communitarian point of view. We uh, we are still kind of a frontier people where you know. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> Rugged individuals uh, who uh, can't be told what to do and what not to do. I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, that and is of course an apt, we don't have. <laughs> that's a very apt had, description. Frontier people. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, but that's um, you know, reading has been an important piece uh, for this uh, for this year for me. Um, had to adapt. And right. some things I can't do. I was struck, um, I think it was just yesterday's paper, uh, uh, celebrating the uh, the opening of the uh, pedestrian bridge over Madison Road in Oakley, oh, uh, the, uh, yes. a, a new pedestrian bridge so that people can uh, get across Madison uh, safely in mm-hmm. Oakley. And it reminded me how much I miss uh, yeah. being able to walk, uh, because mm-hmm. uh, all for the last, well, I don't know how many decades I've been walking most days for an hour or an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oakley was one of my favorite places to walk. Um, haven't been able to do it all year. Well, when you, <laughs> so. uh, return to your walking, God willing, you're going to love the uh, what they've done with the bike trail there on Wasson. They're, they're the Wasson way. Yeah. yeah, they're putting the finishing touches on it, it seems like, um, right now. And, and I've, I've driven past there recently, and it's a stark change. You will not know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to that. Well, I know that you are in a leadership role there among the residents in several ways. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you've been able to keep some of those efforts going even while we're all distanced? Well, when I moved here, uh, actually 15 years ago, uh, almost to the day, I moved in here on December the 19th, uh, 2005, Um, and the first thing I noticed was that we did not have a recycling program. Mm. I said, yep. what? <laughs> we don't have recycling. So I set about uh, making a petition to the, uh, to the resident council to, uh, to start one. And so we did, we got a contract with Rumpke and, and we started uh, recycling and, and I've been doing that every week for 15 years, um, three days a week, uh, go around to the recycling bins to check to see the right stuff is in the bin and the wrong stuff isn't. And then, then the staff person comes and, and puts it in the dumpster for rumpke for, for recycling. And, um, I just recently got a volunteer to help me. Uh, and that's nice, you know, yes. so I don't, I don't have to do it all alone. But that's one thing that I've been doing, and that takes me, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, uh, uh, three days a week. Um, that's one thing. Uh, probably the big thing this year that's kept me uh, interested and alive and <clears throat> involved is uh, the Christmas fund for our employees, which uh, 
since we can't tip, we uh, we tip once a year uh, in December right. uh, through the Christmas fund. And uh, we were worried. Uh, I have a little committee. <clears throat> I'm now chairman of the. I've been treasurer for ever since back in 2006. I've been treasurer mm-hmm. of the Christmas fund. Um, but this year I have a new treasurer. Uh, so that I can be the chairman instead of the treasurer, and and uh, we, we our committee thought, you know, this is going to be a tough year. Uh, right. We have fewer people. We uh, uh, people are not feeling very confident about the future. Maybe giving is going to be more difficult. But we said, you know, of all the years that we can't afford to do less, this is the mm. year uh, right. when. Our staff are doing so much more, um, and the need is so much greater. So, mm-hmm. so we set about a, a plan to uh, uh, make the Christmas fund work this year, and uh, and we did, and we set our highest goal. We said we're gonna we're gonna raise seventy thousand dollars, which oh is goodness. more than we've ever done before, oh. and. We believed that people would respond, and they did. And we exceeded the goal. We're oh. over eighty thousand, and uh, and so it was a joy to uh, pass out the checks as I've done for fifteen years. Um, uh, at uh, on December the third, we were able to pass out checks to our two hundred and eighty-two <laughs> employees, uh, just the hourly rated employees. Right. And, uh, uh, well, and I know, you know, parties are um, a big part of Marjorie Peely's culture. And not only do we have one Christmas party for staff and residents, but we have two because it's such a love fest. You know, the residents want to give the staff a Christmas party, but the staff wants to give a Christmas party for the residents. So it's sad that this year we had to miss that tradition um, but I saw a picture of the drive up check distribution, <laughs> which was. Um, oh, did you? Yes, I saw um, how people kind of could drive up. And I also saw one person had a Santa Claus blow up Santa Claus in their car, <laughs> which was kind of a funny image um, to see Santa coming to mm-hmm. get his check. <laughs> I don't know if you got to see that one. <laughs> I enjoyed well, that. Yes. Well, it you know, it, it's been a hard year, uh, uh, and, and for for us people like me, I'm I'm well, uh, I'm I'm uh, I have a comfortable place. Uh, I, I think about our employees. Uh, life is a lot um, more difficult, you know, out there balancing. Uh, uh, family, uh, maybe children home from school, and and you know there are lots of lots of problems, and so we were delighted we could do something for them. Yeah. That is that success is very heartening to hear for sure. Uh, well, David, as we wrap up our conversation, um, can you share maybe just um, what are what kind of uh, hopes are you hanging on to um, during you know as we wind down this year for for next year? Let me tell you. Let me tell you something about what hope really means. You know, because hope is the thing that keeps us going. It's that. It's that quality that says, "Yeah, this is hard, but it's going to get better." 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and so I I used this at the at the Christmas fund um, event where we were about to hand out the checks. I said to the group, I said, let me tell you a story about hope. Mm. Uh, 400 years ago, in 1636, Martin Rinkart, who was a Lutheran pastor in Eilenberg in Saxony, mm. um, was suffering through the 30 years war, all of Europe. And of course, war brings famine and disease and people were dying all over Europe, hundreds of thousands, year mm-hmm. after year. Mm-hmm. And so what did Martin Rinkart do as, as this pastor uh, who was burying parishioners? He wrote a hymn. Mm. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom this world rejoices, mm-hmm. who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Well, if Rinkart could do that (laughs) in his circumstances, who are we to lose heart and not have faith and not have hope because we have a loving God. And so we hope and we know it's going to get better. Well, that is an amazing um, thought to leave our our listeners with. Thank you so much for that. Um, it is uh, indeed, a, that's a beautiful hymn um, treasured by me and I'm sure many others. And uh, to hear, you know, the context of it is, um, is helpful for sure. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Okay, David, you have a Merry great rest of your day. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I look forward to talking with you in the new year. Good. Bye-bye. Kristen, it was so nice to hear uh, again from David Lowry and uh, get an update. It's our first interview back in, I guess that was March. And April, here, actually. April. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. April. And uh, here, you know, his perspective, I, I really enjoyed him talking about that whole concept of virtue and in, in, in relation to the book that he was reading about George Washington, but also that the concept of hope, you know, particularly in these days that have been maybe a little darker and bleaker, uh, e- even with a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, um, this is a unprecedented times, and uh, it's always great to check in with someone like David, who just is very thoughtful about you know how he's going about getting past all this and what sure. he's how he's biding biding his time. Really, um, yeah. we talked a little bit about his optimism um, from April till now, and he said, you know, basically it's it's the same. It's just maybe not quite as easy as uh, as I sounded <laughs> back yeah. in April. Yeah, I get it. It was was really, as always, just so good to hear what our residents, you know, how they're dealing with this. It's just uh, really helpful to me. And it's a reminder of, you know, why we started this podcast because we wanted to hear those those voices and and their experience along the way and how they're how they're managing and, and coping, if not thriving. So. Absolutely. Another way that we uh, 
manage and cope is uh, checking in with our leader, our yeah. president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Um, so let's listen to Brian and Laura's conversation this week. So we're back this week with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura? I'm doing fine, Brian. How about you? Doing, doing well. Thanks so, so much for asking. Um, it's uh, right before Christmas, and it's certainly a time of uh, reflection and, um, and, and you know, I guess, appreciating some of the good things that are going on. And, and I guess I wanted to start out. Um, there's been a lot of chatter and news about the vaccine and we're starting to see that rolled out. And I wondered if you could share with our listeners the news about uh, our communities and uh, where we're at in line for the vaccines. Yeah, it's um, a wonderful time where, you know, we've all been waiting for the vaccine and it's here literally. So tomorrow, our first community Episcopal church home in Louisville, Kentucky, they have their first clinic tomorrow afternoon. And then we just got word overnight that Dupree um, house and cottages will have their vaccine in early January, probably the first full week in January dates, not, um, you know, finalized now, but we're there, they've reached out to us. And that means we're just waiting on word for Marjorie P. Lee um, we always joke that we get news at Dupree before Marjorie Lee, and we're convinced that they do everything by the alphabet. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of validating it. You know, it's like, okay, Marjorie Lee will be probably today or tomorrow that we'll hear their dates. Wow, that's so exciting. And and just uh, just kind of a side note, um, our, our very own Beverly Edwards was uh, interviewed by the governor yesterday, which was kind of exciting. Didn't she do a great job? I'm so proud of Beverly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's so passionate about, you know, having the whole community rally around helping elders. And she sees it firsthand, you know, the the terrible consequence of COVID. And she just wants everyone to do their part. So I was happy they were, they asked her and she was willing to, to speak on ECHs and ERS's behalf. Yeah, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. So, you know, at the it, we're at the end of the year and kind of looking forward to 2021. This is kind of a special episode, um, you know, as we kind of review um, the, the year and we're interviewing our friends, Pat Donaldson and, and David Lowry, who we interviewed earlier. But I, I thought it would be also nice to kind of look forward to 2021 and, and Talk about the priorities. And, you know, obviously, COVID is going to be an important thing to manage. Um, you know, even as the vaccine rolls out early in the year. But I wonder if you could talk about those strategic priorities that you know we've continued doing this past year, but are, we're going to be doing in the 2021, such as you know ECH. There's been a lot of progress, and there'll be a lot of progress in 2021. Right. I'm so looking forward to 2021. I don't know about you, Brian. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, that song, that line and have yourself a Merry Christmas and our troubles will be far away. <laughs> I've repeated that in my head like five times in the last <laughs> day and a half yeah. um, because it's going to be true. Right. We, we proclaim it. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. ERS has really done, I think, a wonderful job balancing the 
you know, we have to obviously deal with what's right before us, which is COVID and racial injustice and care and services of our residents each and every day. But we're an organization that knows that we can do two things simultaneously. Uh-huh. So we can do those things and we can work on um, our strategic plan and some strategic initiatives so that we keep our organization growing and thriving and um, moving to the future. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned the ECH master plan. That's our number one strategy, our number one goal for 2021 again. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that um, we're well positioned to continue that very important work. You know, the master plan for ECH was designed, it's a bold vision that really will help ER ECH be sustainable long into the future. And yeah. In a nutshell, for your listeners, it's making sure that we're providing what elders want, smaller, more intimate environments that are based on the philosophy of person-centered care. Yeah. And so we're well on our way. Um, The current or the old, I will say, memory care building is now repositioned as Morton House, which will be the new home of... Um, our skilled nursing residents, as well as our memory care, personal care residents. Mm-hmm. Construction has gone so well. It's almost, I almost feel like I have to knock on wood. It's unbelievable Yeah. Um, how well our contractors, uh, Ridgestone and our architect SFCS has done. Yeah. Um, we think that that building will be licensed and ready to start moving residents in, in you know, mid-January. And that puts us right on schedule for, as we said to our families way back in February of 2020, before the pandemic, that we would be um, vacating the current healthcare building Mm -hmm. and demolishing it in the spring. Mm -hmm. And we're actually right on schedule, Brian, which I just is unbelievable to me. Unreal. (laughs) Unreal. How did we pull that off? (laughs) It's, yeah, that's unbelievable. And and it's just, it's it's hard to think that there, you know, that there'll be those, that new skilled nursing area. Um, I, I think in that first quarter, if I, if I remember yeah. correctly, we'll have some model homes and clubhouse yeah. and even a new dining venue. Is that yeah. all those things? It's so true. It's so true. I had the great opportunity to, to visit ECH last week and tour mm-hmm. um, all of the areas that you just mentioned. And yeah. You know, it's that's one of the joys in my job is kind of starting a project with an idea, yeah. helping a team vision it, uh, work through the construction and the design, and then see it in a reality. And I said to the Ridgestone team, candidly with tears in my eyes, do you realize that you have you have played such an important part of two things? enriching the lives of those we serve because yeah. the spaces are so much more functional right. and you have such an important um, part in reshaping ECH so that we can make sure that it is sustainable long into the future. So I just, I have such a, such gratitude for our partners for helping us along and, and not you, not, not, you know, it would be easy to say, well, we're in a pandemic and we can't move forward right. <laughs> or we can't right. move forward quickly. But the but the partners understand that this work is critical for ECH's success. So they have right. put 
their A team on it and they're working so hard. And I just am very grateful for their partnership. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to showing off some of those results real soon um, mm -hmm. from all this great work. So the other uh, uh, kind of area that we've focused on over the past year, and again, uh, just a tremendous amount of progress is our our efforts in branching out now into this middle market for older adults. And I wondered if you could kind of share the progress and what you see uh, coming up in 2021 for, for this new initiative as well. Yeah, middle market. Um, so many of you know that River's Edge is our pilot mm -hmm. project in Perrysburg, Ohio, just yeah. uh, outside of Toledo. And it's a partnership with um, McCarthy Builders and Ridgestone. Yep. And it's going really, really well. Our What we add to the project is the service coordination. We believe that we can create a model that is affordable for those folks that we lovingly call stuck in the middle. Yep. Too, too many assets for affordable living, not enough for a retirement community. What do those folks do? And like mm -hmm. I said, it's a pilot. We're, you know, a good... Um, what is it? We're a good year into this pilot, Brian. Yeah. I can't believe it's a year, but we've been at this a while yeah. and it's going really, really well. Um, and frankly, the, the patio homes are being very well received in the market. They're selling, mm -hmm. selling, it's not really selling, renting <laughs> as, yeah. as we had hoped. And yeah. it's really given us the confidence that, you know, we're onto something, you know, that it's not perfect. It's a pilot. So we're tweaking it as we go along. But the group, um, the staff team and the, and the um, board committee that's working with us, uh, you know, have established a criteria yeah. and um, part of our strategy for this year and next year is to look for other locations that we could replicate this pilot. Um, Very exciting. I know, I know. So as you know, you and others have helped um, with some market research. Yep. So we're real close to being able to identify a specific location. Uh, I'll give you, give your listeners a little preview. It's um, closer to home. It's outside yeah. the, the 275 belt um, yeah. here around Cincinnati. So that, that'll be exciting when we have more to, more to share. Yeah, well, we'll definitely, definitely share that when we have the more concrete news. Yep. And, I, you know, as, as we've talked about over the last several years, you know, serving our community, um, but, you know, both in our retirement communities and in, in the communities we serve for those living with dementia and or Alzheimer's and their care partners has really been an important part of our strategy. And we um, launched the Center for Memory Support and Inclusion this past year. And, you know, obviously there's... It's, some progress has probably been, um, you know, d delayed or not as not as fast, but it's still very important and and something will be moving forward in 2021. And kind of wanted to talk about, you know, what what we might expect next year as well. Well, I'm excited uh, again when when we have a little bit more flexibility to meet with people and to be present in person yeah. with people. Yeah. I think the work um, our, of our memory support center of inclusion will be just propelled. Um, but that's not stopping us. We're doing things virtually with mm -hmm. the library system, yeah. um, with their memory cafes. Um, we've still work, have done some work with the churches, mm -hmm. but I feel like um, because of the pandemic, 
we've kind of hit not the complete pause button, but kind right. of like a little pause button. Right. On that yeah. And so yeah. for 2021, I'm so excited that we will be able to take that plan with Shannon coming on board yeah. and really just um, let her let her loose, so to speak, and, and yeah. just watch where she's going to take us. You know, the one thing that we've learned in the pandemic is, boy, there is need in the community that, yeah. you know, if you felt isolated before the pandemic because you right. were in your home caring for someone with um, memory-related issues, you really felt isolated yeah. during the pandemic. So that'll be really good to yep. continue to help serve people. Yeah, that's that's great. Looking forward to that good work. And to your point, Shannon is so well known in the community and you know, she's looking forward to getting Absolutely. out there and talking with people. Absolutely. And then, and then the last thing I just thought I'd highlight, um, you know, there's obviously been transition with um, the leadership team over the past several years and that we've got a few more retirements on the horizon. And, and I, I know you've been working and planning through that as well and, and working with the team and one of the, wonder if you could kind of talk about those transitions as well. Certainly, I'd love to. So Kathy Eisen Lynn, who has worked with us for two decades almost, um, wow. has um, decided that it's time for her to retire and spend time with grandchildren and yeah. hopefully after COVID traveling with her husband, Bill. And so we're so excited for her. We She gave us wonderful notice. So we actually started thinking about the process back in September for kind of how, how do you replace Kathy, which yeah. we all know you can't replace Kathy. Yeah. So, um, so we, what I decided to do was really look, use it as an opportunity to look at her job in detail. So in essence, what I've determined is best for ERS at this point mm -hmm. is um, actually separating some of Kathy's duties. So Kathy, as I said, has been with us a long time and she's had incremental changes in her role. And when you look at her job description and you think, oh, I have to, you know, find somebody else to do all this work. It, it's a potpourri of duties. Yeah. It's a yeah. potpourri. Yeah. So, um, you know, our HR team really helped me kind of say, okay, these, these are two separate kind of work. Kathy is uniquely qualified to do all of them, but you know, um, we don't know that we're, there's another Kathy out there. Right. Right. So we separated it. We said, okay, Kathy does the in, we call it in-home ministries, parish health ministry, Meals on Wheels, Living Well Senior Solutions, those mm -hmm. kind of um, outreach ministries. Well, yep. that's very closely aligned to the work that Megan Bradford's doing with um, memory support in partnership with um, Shannon that we just talked about. Right. So we actually uh, changed um, Megan's role elevated her to a vice president of middle market and mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. And so she's taking over those, what we used to call in-home services as part of uh, quote unquote, our ministry. Yeah. And she has been on the job for several weeks in this new role, several months, and yeah. she's just doing a great job. So Kathy and Megan are transitioning those functions. And um, I think the team will be well, well supported with Megan um, leading those initiatives. Yeah. That left the affordable living. So affordable living operation of our communities as well as the development. Mm -hmm. And um, what I decided there is to keep those two entities together 
and to recruit somebody that wakes up every morning wanting to serve and enhance the lives of low-income elders in our area. And so we're recruiting for um, that position right now as we speak. We're well into the process. Um, We're actually getting ready to announce the second round interview with um, a couple candidates. So the HR team has exceeded my expectations as well. They've done a great job of taking many, many applications and helping us find out, you know, um, the top ones to interview. We've done that. And like I said, we'll have two candidates to present to um, more constituent groups within our organization in early January. Wow. Lots, lots, lots going on. And uh, (laughs) a lot lot went on in 2020 and a lot to do in 2021. I uh, know it is. It, It does when you sit down and think about it, it, it almost takes your breath away, Brian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, this is a lot, but it's such good work. And I'm yeah. so, like, I'm going to end where I started. I'm so proud to be a part of an organization that knows that we can do, we're yes and, right? We can do right. multiple things simultaneously and do it well. And I think this year is a great demonstration of that. Yeah, it, it certainly makes me proud as well. And as I think about our accomplishments and what we have to look forward to next year. It's uh, it's a good feeling. So. It sure is. And with that, Laura, you know, I just want to thank you for all of your your efforts and your leadership. And I want to wish you a very very merry Christmas. And uh, we'll look forward to a, a a much better 2021 together. I'm going to hold you to that, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, we'll talk to you in the new year. Brian, it is always good to hear from Lara, but, you know, especially this week, hearing those um, updates about the vaccine and uh, hearing about our strategy, um, which is, you know, really, really important that we're we're keeping our eye on that ball um, amongst everything else that that's going on. Yeah, I think, it, you know, keeping the, the, the organization moving is, is so important and so much got accomplished among you know, just trying to make sure we're taking care of our residents during this pandemic. So I think there's a lot to be proud of uh, with that, and which really ties in nicely with our next interview uh, with our outgoing uh, chair of the board, Joanne Hagopian. Joanne and I had a really nice uh, opportunity to kind of sit down and talk over Zoom and, and chat about her her experience and why she loves being affiliated with ERS and and everything that kind of goes along with that. So here's my interview with Joanne. So we're here this week with our uh, outgoing board uh, chair of the ERS board, Joanne Hagopian. How are you, Joanne? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Getting Good. Ready for, getting ready for Christmas. Ready for Christmas. Yeah, so excited uh, for this year. And uh, just had some, wanted to, to ask some questions. You've, you've been so supportive and involved in uh, the organization. I know you've been leading over the last three years and we're on the board uh, several years before that. And what, what drew you to join the ERS board uh, uh, so many years ago? 
Well, I, I've told this story a couple of times. It started with my friend, Trish Martindale, who was yeah. then the, she was, she had been the chair. She and I had known each other for many years at P&G. In fact, for, for a while, I was actually her HR manager when she was worked in the technology area at P&G. Oh, wow. She, I ran into her one day and she said to me, I want to have lunch because I have an opportunity for you. And so she sat down with me and she kept saying to me, why didn't I think of you sooner? Why didn't I think of you sooner? Which was just so Trish. And I really didn't know much about ERS, you know, and I, I, I felt pretty connected to the community and I didn't really know much about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I was really drawn from the mission. You know, I, had a meeting with Doug Spittler, the then CEO, and he explained the great work that um, ERS does. And so I was really drawn to the mission, but I have to say that I was really recruited by Trish. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of P&G people that have wow. invested in ERS. And so it felt very much at home to me. Yeah. Yeah. So once you, uh, you know, st started working on the board and, and you've, Obviously, throughout the years, you've you've learned so much about the organization. What do you feel ERS does well, and and what you know what what do they communicate or what do they contribute to the communities they serve, the staff, the the, the management, and so on. Yeah, well, I, well, two things come to mind. I think that they innovate. Um, I think ERS is an innovative organization. I think that I'm always so impressed that. They're always seem to be on the, you know, leading edge of things, you know, they know the demographics, they know the social changes, they know all the regulation, you know, they, they just know right. so much about the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think they're innovators. Um, and I, I, I know that because I, there are people that I know call Laura and all of you, you know, on a regular basis to say, well, we have to check in with what ERS is doing. You know, right. they're, they're always the leading edge. And mm -hmm. so they're always doing things better than anybody else. So let's check with them. Um, and so I think that's one thing that comes to mind. I think the second thing is that I think it's a strategic organization mm -hmm. um, that again, keeping, keeping up on up, um, go, going trends, uh, people benchmark our, this organization. Mm -hmm. they, they really have great strategic focus and they really do great action plans against those strategies. And, mm -hmm. and so again, you know, based on my experience at P&G, it feels very, uh, very P&G-like, very strategic in the way that they approach their work. And, and therefore, I think they're they're able to deliver great service to the to the residents we serve. I mean, when you think about it's not it's not just physical, great, yes, beautiful physical places to live, yeah. from affordable living to our Dupree house, beautiful places to live, but also right. social, you know, social support, um, spiritual support. Mm -hmm. So I think they bring so just like the total person, the support of the total person into yeah into what they do. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just very impressed that we really do live out the mission of we make older people's lives better. I mean, yeah. it's just what we do. And, and every, everything that people talk about goes through that filter. Yeah. does make it better for the people we serve. Yeah. yeah. So no, I really appreciate you saying that actually Laura and I were talking in our update earlier and just talking about the strategy and even being able to get so much done even throughout the pandemic and then looking forward to next year. And it, it's I think a point of pride that, that, that we all have that we can say, 
um, so focused and have that support and guidance also from the board in that that aspect. Well, the board the board is so impressed that to your point that we have great strategic initiatives that really mm -hmm. haven't suffered even with this unbelievable demand on the ongoing operation and mm -hmm. all the changes and every day is different and but the but the big strategic initiatives have continued you know right. on time on budget so again that is i think that is a great compliment to the organization that they're able to like do both right so we, what, we know a lot of organizations in town have stopped doing their strategies yeah. they just have stopped doing them because look we don't have capacity well ers right. has figured out how to create that capacity so yeah, yeah. so we, you know with just personally, what have you enjoyed most about your involvement in ERS? I mean, you've you've been so invested and, and been so involved, but what, what, what have you in, probably enjoyed most during your time as board chair or just on the board? Well, I think, um, you know, first of all, first and foremost, I've just enjoyed the people, you know, in both the organization, getting to know people, you know, the people on the SLT, the people on the board, you know, the residents who are, um, are on the board, you know, who are our resident reps. I've just really enjoyed getting to, to know people better. Um, mm -hmm. When I started as board chair, I actually interviewed every person on the board. Uh -huh. Basically, I had lunch or a drink or breakfast with every board member and yeah. just talk to them about what, what they got out of it, what they liked, what, what, what could we do better. And it was really a great way to start off yeah. the board chair uh, because it really gave me a great understanding of what people wanted to do and what people like to do. So right. I would say that. And then I would say, you know, working on, on projects with the board and with the staff, you know, to your point, I've been involved with joy on development, you know, so if she needs me to do something to, to help with the development aspect of her work, I've done that. You know, I've worked with Joan on the personnel committee, which is, you know, kind of my background from PNG. I've worked on the strategy committee because that has you know, something that I did as a, an HR person at, at um, work. And so I've really enjoyed just bringing the skills that I had from industry and mm -hmm. bringing them to the board and then working on pro important projects. Because I feel like we do things that do help the organization. Yeah. You know, or I think the board knows where to play yeah. and they come and they help. Yeah. You know, that's, well, they get into the operations. We don't get into all that, but we, we can bring expertise and people are willing to, to get it and willing to use it yeah. and work with us. So I, so I've, I've really enjoyed that. I, I really have. Yeah, I know. I've, I really appreciated watching you. You're so good at that high level and giving that guidance and that, 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 that kind of push to, to help us all. And I, I really Thanks. learned a lot from watching you uh, over the last several years in that capacity. Thank you. That's nice. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, so it is, is there anything that that's really surprised you during your time as ERS or about senior services or, or the services that we offer? Um, you know, I think, yes, there, I am surprised what I was surprised by, and I, I guess I shouldn't have been, but I'm surprised about um, what a technology it is. Do you know what I mean? Serving seniors is a technology all on its own. Now, why that should surprise me, I don't know. Because mm -hmm. every, you know, because there, but there has to be so much knowledge and it has to be integrated knowledge between right. healthcare and and physical plant and mm -hmm. 
and the ser services and nutrition and regulation. And I mean, when you think about the scope of all the things that people in this industry have to know about, yeah. that's that surprised me. It, again, on reflection, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it did. And I, when I went to a couple of leading age uh, conferences with uh, a couple of members of the board in the SLT, mm -hmm. I was struck by, oh, right. Oh, we do that too. Right. Oh, we do that better. Do you, you know what I mean? I, I was all struck with, well, of course, that's what they're all working on because that's what we work on too. <laughs> you know? So yeah. that was, again, it, it kind of surprised me, but in a nice way, you know, but yeah. it, what I love is so oftentimes, even there, you know, they would come up to Laura or they would come up to some and say, yeah. hey, I hear you're doing X, Y, Z. Can you tell me more about it? So, so Laura and her team are, are seen as people who really know their business and know the industry yeah. and, and are good resources for people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it is, it is certainly a, a very complex and, and many disciplines involved in it, but I think that makes right. part of the, the pleasure of serving and, and trying to do it so well for the well, people. And, and I actually, I actually think that they may have more acronyms than P and G which goes a long way. I mean, it took me like That's a year a and a half to get all the, you know, like to even understand some of what are they talking about right now? So yeah, yeah I think it has more, more three letter, four letter acronyms than perhaps P and G does. Yeah, there is quite a bit. There is a learning curve for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I know you're not, you're not stepping down from the board and, and you're certainly very involved in, in our committees and, and making some of our other boards, but, um, what are you going to miss most about, you know, stepping away as the board chair? Well, that's a good question because it is bittersweet. I mean, it's been a it's been a big commitment. Um, right. which I have enjoyed. I I feel very honored and privileged to have done it. When Trish and Robin approached me to ask me to be the chair, to your point, I'd only been on the board about a year and a half, and my mm -hmm. my first reaction was, surely there is someone that is more qualified to do this than me, you know, yeah. who understands the business better than I do, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, no, no, you're the right person. No, you're right. Yeah. The I was like, are you sure? And they were like, yes, you are. So I took it, but I was um, a little nervous. So I guess what I would say is a couple things. I, I will miss my partnership with Laura. Yeah. That has been really um, a great partnership. Um, we have some of the same skills, but we also have some different skills. And so mm -hmm. I think we've been a good um, uh, uh, balance for each other, mm -hmm. you know, good, good ways to, I, you know, ide ideas and problem solving. I think yeah. we have been a good pair for that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we think about um, the board structure and the board, the way the board operates similarly. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really great. So I, to, the partnership with her has, is probably the thing that I will miss the most. Cause I talk with her frequently. Right. We have a, a you know, a, a pack that if something is happening that she thinks I need to know about, she'll pick up the phone and call me. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll miss that interaction, you know, and I pledge to Tom Reagan that I won't like continue that because that would be undermining him. Right. Yeah. So, I'll, so I'll miss that. Um, and yeah. I guess I'd say I'll, I'll miss um, setting the board direction. You know, yeah. I think that um, I've enjoyed doing that, um, how we operate, um, 
how we um, how we interact with each other, how we structure the board time together. And yeah. so I think that's been um, a, I think that's been one of my contributions contributions is yeah. to make the board as effective as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to, I will miss that. Now, now Tom is op- very open and he's like, well, you're going to help me. Right. And you're yeah. not going to like, just leave me out here. Are you right? I was like, right. no, it's not. So, yeah. so but that, those two things that, that'll miss that a lot. Yeah. So, so with, with that said, I, I just wanted to ask one question. Cause you, you have uh, your last year has certainly been a doozy. Um, and, you know, we've been dealing with this pandemic for you know, the past 10, 11 months. And how do you feel about the way ERS uh, has handled the pandemic? Because um, as you said, you, you've been in touch with Laura quite frequently and, and quite. seen the whole thing front row. So. Right. Um, well, I'm, I would just start out by saying I'm very proud of how the organization has handled this pandemic. It has been so difficult on everyone. You know, it's, it's just it disrupted every single work process, every single, you know, action at, at ERS, you know, from everything, you know, all aspects. And so I, again, I'm so impressed with how creative the organization has been, how resilient they have been, um, and and again, how leading age they have been. You know, they have been on the front lines of this, way ahead of um, taking very bold action. Always with the with the eye of is to to make sure that our residents are safe. You know, the safety and security of our residents is paramount. And I hear that in every conversation. I hear that in every decision is this the right thing to keep our residents safe? So we know it's been hard on our residents. Um, one of the board reps said, yeah, it's, it's the staff here is fantastic. It's wonderful. She said, but it's like being in a jail run by Martha Stewart. <laughs> and so she's, I mean, so I'm sympathetic, I'm sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. How tough it's been, but I, I just couldn't be more proud. I, I think that the, um, staff has rallied they've been flexible they've been creative they like i said resilient and and i know from conversations with laura that lots of other organizations look to us to model right like what are you doing how are you handling this you know if ers is doing it it must be right and so i i just i couldn't be more proud um i'm amazed that how resilient the organization is I just, you know, that's, and, and how courageous really in yeah. the, the light of every single thing has changed and they're without family, they're without friends, they're without contact, you know, they can't do things socially that, you know, it's right. part of the joy of being there is that it's such a great atmosphere. Yeah. So I, I completely appreciate how, how difficult it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I couldn't be more proud. I, they're, um, you know, we've had some unfortunate situations, but the mm-hmm. organization has just really rallied to make the best of it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's certainly been tough on so many different levels, but uh, you know, I think we're we're starting to see that hope. As you know, tomorrow we announced we're going to start vaccinating down at ECH, and then we've got some dates coming up in the future for. Uh, our communities here in Cincinnati. So we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but yeah, that's, that is just, that's just the best news we've had. That, yeah. that, 
that's the best news we've had in 2020, I would say, is that we, yeah, there's three dates on the calendar in ECH for vaccinations, like, yay. Right, right. right. And and just to imagine that, you know, this only, you know, this started 10 months ago, and it feels like a lifetime ago, so many ways, but the fact that we have a vaccine that quickly is very grateful for that. Well, again, I just, the thing I didn't mention that I'm always really proud of is I'm an engineer by training, Uh biologist by training. And what I love is we've always followed the science. Mm -hmm. Janine's always been guided by the science, not by hyperbole, not by opinion about, it's like, what does the science say? And what do we know? And we've learned, I mean, I think science has learned a lot of stuff along the way. Sure always guided by science which i love because yeah. I think it's just logical and thoughtful and yeah. um unequivocal you know right. so again wish we wished it were different what does laura always say we are where we are we wish we weren't but right. we are where we are and so we're going to make the best of it yeah absolutely so well joanne thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much for your dedication to the organization or i'm personally so grateful to you and i know there's so many in the organization that have been and the good news is this isn't goodbye because you're again going to still be here but um, again thank you so much and and merry christmas to you well thank you very much for this opportunity to um speak on this podcast and and i appreciate the support of everybody there. I couldn't have done it without the support of all of you and Laura and the SLT and the board. And so I am very appreciative of the opportunity. Like I said, I'm very proud of my my association. When people ask me, I'm, I say proudly that I was the chair of the board of ERS. So it's very, it's very, very gratifying. So thank you and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Brian, it is always wonderful to hear from Joanne. Um, she's been such a, an important leader for our organization, um, being the chair of the board. And it's great to hear that she's going to continue um, to be a presence on the board. Um, and, and it was just wonderful to hear her reflections on her time as board chair. Yeah, she's just such a positive person and and has had such a great uh, mark on this this organization. It's, you know, she, she talked about her great relationship with Lara, and, and and for so many of us throughout the organization. Uh, and I'm it, I'm thrilled that she'll still be around, um, and uh, and and just look forward to you know our future future time together and her her impact on the organization. So uh, very much very much a pleasure. So with that being said, speaking of, of a pleasure, I had the opportunity to uh, have a, a, another interview, uh, as you did, Kristen, with a resident uh, from Dupree House, Pat Donaldson. Pat uh, is a longtime resident and uh, just a wonderful person to always talk with and a, a great opportunity to uh, sit down and talk with her again and catch up on, on how she's doing uh, throughout this pandemic. So I'm here this week with uh, one of our residents from Dupree House, Pat Donaldson. It's good to catch up with you again. I, I know you were our our first guest for our first podcast, and uh, we thought it would be a fun opportunity to kind of catch up. What, gosh, it's seven, eight months now since uh, since we first talked. A lot has happened between 
that time and now. That's right, right. So I think I'd just like to, to ask you the question and check in again, and how have you been? Oh, I've been fine. Uh, on the whole, I think I made up my mind early that I was going to get past this uh -huh. and not through it, uh -huh. and, and that I wasn't going to complain. I'm too fortunate. Talk about that a little bit more when you said you're going to get past this rather than through that, because that really fascinated me when you, when you mentioned that earlier. When you get through it, it's not through something. It sounds as if you're plotting and each step is heavy and so, but if you get past it, you've mm -hmm. moved past, you've gone by it and you've got a fresh outlook. And a friend of mine gave me a, a magnet to put in the refrigerator and it said, pause, Pray, proceed. Mm -hmm. Pretty good advice. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And Pat, I know you know one one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is you know you've stayed so active and followed your passions. And and before I get to that, um, you know, what are the things that you've been doing over the past six months? kind of stay active and engaged and allow you to get past it rather than through it? Well, with the help of the staff at Dupree, I, I must uh, applaud them. Every time I've wanted anything from a thumbtack to a piece of tape for a project, they've been, oh, sure, more than yeah. willing to give it to me. So I'll start with, um, they allotted me an, an area in the garden outside, mm -hmm. and I used driftwood and rocks and plants to just make an attractive area. Uh -huh. And then I um, bought 30 small birdhouses, different sizes and oh, shapes, wow. painted them different colors, and we grouped them in um, groups of six and put uh -huh. them against a brown wall that we had outside in the courtyard. Mm -hmm. and. With, mm -hmm. the, with the different colors and all, it makes it kind of interesting, a little more interesting. Yeah. And then we went down, we have a gazebo area, Brian. I don't know whether you are familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a beautiful lot of us, area. A lot of us eat lunch down there, or have in the last six months. Mm -hmm. And we adopted an area down there that um, needed some cleaning up, did, did the cleaning up, mm -hmm. put a couple of benches, Mm -hmm. and a chair, and a lot of bird feeders. Oh, wow. And I painted um, the big wooden pallets, you know, that they, they yeah. use in chipping. Yeah. I painted four, four of those, one for each season, spring, summer, fall, and right now the winter one's oh, wow. part of that area down there. Well, that sounds wonderful. We're going to have to get some pictures and put those up on our... Facebook pages to share with all our listener, listeners and our, our blogs as well. Well, and I think that's one of the things, Pat, you, you've always been um, so, so artistic and, and expressing yourself through your art. And I, I know um, not only did you do the, the pallets and the bird feeders, but I, I know you worked with Arlen Graham, our uh, creative director recently to help design some art for our Christmas cards as well, correct? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, that was fun. 
we also have, Brian, I, I just remember, we also have two huge cases here downstairs out near mm -hmm. the fitness center. One's about 12 feet long. Mm -hmm. And we've been placing different themes in it. Right now we have um, a Christmas theme, of course. Right. And uh, I make made a couple, four kids that are about four feet tall uh -huh. and a car, car with a Christmas tree on top. You've all seen the pictures of those. Yeah. Out of and I went to the staff and I said, can you get me some big cardboard? Oh, absolutely. And the next day I had these two huge pieces of cardboard in, sitting in my kitchen. <laughs> but, um, and then we made a, um, had a, took a broom and used just the head of the broom for a person. And mm -hmm. at Halloween, it was a, a scarecrow kind of person. Yeah. And then Thanksgiving, we made, made it into a pilgrim. Uh-huh. With the, with the black and the white, and um, right now she's Mrs. Santa Claus. So oh wow, she's 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 evolved over over the seasons. I take it. <laughs> well, yes, uh, we we could just use her in, in all our ideas again. The staff and everybody. Yeah, yeah, and I know you said for you too. Exercise is is important to kind of keep going as you age. You you had mentioned you gave some advice to your great-grandson um, who asked about the secrets to, to to getting older in a healthy way. What, what was that that advice you, get, he, you gave to him? I sincerely mean this. There, there are two big factors that work well for me. The first one is mm -hmm. learning. Always keep learning something someplace. Mm -hmm. um, and the second one is keep moving. Yeah. Do your exercise. I try to, I try to walk a half a mile each day and I swim three times a week. So I'm keeping busy. Wow. That's, that's great. And, and so, you know, I, I know you've, you've been a, a resident at Dupree for quite some time now. And how has, you know, living life at Dupree allowed you to kind of follow your passions and, and live well? Well, I've always been open to my ideas when I want to do a project. Uh-huh. And they give us they, the facilities, you know, we have a swimming pool that we can use usually most of the time. Right now it's, it's restricted as far as the hours are concerned. Yeah. Um, and if you want, if you uh, run out of something, you can go to the staff and they'll, they're wonderful. Yeah. They'll buy things for you now that we can't get out. Right. They'll say, do you, do you need anything at the store? Can we get you something? Do you right. need a supply, an art supply? Yeah. Well, and so speaking of that, so today is the first day that they're starting to vaccinate people. I know there's many healthcare workers are starting vaccination, but many of the residents of, of uh, senior living communities are also uh, included in that group. What are you looking forward to getting back to once you know, life starts uh, becoming available again to kind of to get out safely. I want to see my family. Yeah. I want to hug. <laughs> I want to touch again. Yeah. That's the that's the major thing. Otherwise, I everything else could could uh, be on hold for a while longer. But I do miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's it's not too far. Uh, it's been amazing to see. You know, between the first time we talked and now here right before the holidays that 
a vaccine is now coming out. So that, I hope that gives everyone a little more hope. Oh, it does. May I share with you, Brian? I talked to you about those showcases. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make a giant four or five foot syringe, and I'm going to put make a sign next to it that says yay and put that in one of the showcases downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> a giant syringe and yay right next to it. I, I think that'll say yeah, it all. That'll say it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, Pat, I really appreciate you joining us again, um, you know, to, to, to catch up and, and it's so glad, so good to hear your voice and so glad to hear how positive you've, you've remained through all of this. And, uh, I'll take one of those hugs when we, uh, when, oh, when I'd we're love available it. to. <laughs> you can get in line, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> right behind your family. Right. All right. Well, thanks, Pat. You're very welcome. Brian, it is heartening to hear that uh, Pat is uh, still pursuing her purpose as an artist and being creative. Even in these times, she's finding ways to add her her touches of, uh, of creativity and, and, and just beauty throughout where she lives at Dupree House. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love the way she kind of fulfills her purpose with her art and, and really just being active and involved throughout the community at Dupree. And uh, I, I can't wait to see that gazebo area that she's been working on and, and the joy that she spreads through, through her art. So... Um, it's just good, good to catch up with her again, and uh, and hopefully with the vaccine on the horizon, we'll we'll get to see her real soon. So that's it uh, for this episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services, the last one of 2020, and we'll look forward to joining everyone and, and catching up with everyone again in 2021, uh, soon after the new year. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have a lot of great content, including our linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer. And our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests, including David Lowry, Pat Donaldson, and Joanne Hagopian. And of course, a special thank you to uh, President and CEO Laura Lamb, who makes herself available week in, week out. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you for, so much for joining us. Happy holidays and a great new year. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with everything with our next podcast next year. Thanks so much, Kristen. You bet. Looking forward to next year. 